to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for a new year of the Corner 3 Podcast. Uh, we would have had a show for you last week, but like we said on our Facebook page, um, MacBooks blow up from time to time, and that happened to us, and that was such a good episode, so... We apologize for the inconvenience, but we are back and good to go. Tim Daniel here, as always, with our excellent co-host, Mr. Sean Mackey. Sean, how are you? What's going on? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, man. A lot of a lot of hoops to talk about this year. Now, normally we do have Alex Derrickson here, but he is down with the flu. Uh, so we signed to a 10-day contract uh, from another podcast. He was very gracious enough to agree to the deal. Uh, one of my good friends in this podcast world, I've been so fortunate enough to be on his podcast, Riding the Pine, with his co-host Tyler Romes. He has helped me out in previewing college football games for Notre Dame, Michigan State with the only colors. And he also just recently got the verified check mark on Twitter. Holla, ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend Dom Garrett. Dom, welcome to the Corner 3. All right. Thanks Thanks so much for having me. This That's probably, I think I'm going to record what you just said about me and listen to it every morning uh, through all of 2017 to really get myself uh, pumped up. Well, 2017's hey. trending up, man. I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, we got the club going up on a Tuesday. I hear you. <laughs> oh, man. So we were very, very fortunate as NBA fans to get a lot of good basketball in 2016. Maybe the only good thing in 2016 was our basketball we got. A lot of crazy things happened, but 2017 is here. The finals is probably the same as 2016. Let's not lie to ourselves here, guys. But, Dom, you are our guest, man. So I'm going to get you started here. You are more than welcome to be the first, not only the first guest for the Who You Loving segment. We're going to let you bat, bat, bat lead off for this one. Who, what are you loving in the NBA this week? What am I loving in the NBA? Well, as as I'm sure will come out in, you know, in the next uh, half to full hour, um, I am a big Golden State Warriors fan. Um, as I have mentioned before, I'll just put this out there before everybody unsubscribes to this podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, I've I've been I, I, I've been repping the, the Warriors for a long time. Um, you know, since way back Chris Mullen days. You do have to go ahead and and uh, and say that I was revitalized uh, with my boy Draymond Green from Michigan State and mm-hmm. up there. Um, and just happened to, you know, they just happened to become the best team in basketball. That's how it works. Sure. So, um, it, it just, it, it works out quite well, but, um, I will say that, uh, the best thing from this week, um, had to have been after golden States, uh, game against the nuggets where Draymond green got his first triple double in some of the after comments. So not only do you really love when day day gets the triple double, but in some of the after comments, um, Kevin Durant had a slightly veiled comment and said that he, that Draymond is a team player and he doesn't go out there chasing stats. And then Draymond went on record saying, trust me, if I wanted more triple doubles, I can get them. I'm all about the team. And I just love the, just the, the jabs that happen in postgame cre- press conferences from Golden State towards Russell Westbrook. I think that it's fantastic <laughs> for the NBA. It is. It just makes me laugh. It's for sure just like, Draymond being Draymond, but it it just makes me it makes me feel so good when 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 stuff like that goes down. So that's what that's what I'm loving. That's what I'm loving this week. I'm 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 such a big Draymond fan too. Like he he is like one of those guys who just doesn't care. Um, you know, I, a few weeks ago I compared him to Rodman because because of the kicking stuff, and 
You know, he's a goofball, but I absolutely love him. I loved when he showed up to the parade a little bit buzzed and told the whole crowd the Cavs suck. <laughs> like, that, that that was probably, like, one of the my greatest moments as an NBA fan. He's like, we're awesome, the Cavs suck. <laughs> you know, and he's just he's just that guy, dude. He's uh, he's wonderful. <laughs> and I love how he he talks crap and he doesn't care. Because I I want some some bad blood. I love it. I love it. It's it, it it's been going on for a very long time. Like it's it's just sometimes he gets himself into a little bit of trouble. You know, like the whole Snapchatting a picture <laughs> of, of you know whatever oh, while covers he's that. on a plane representing the country. Like you know what? <laughs> we all should have known that the country was going on the toilet when that happened. Like that's <laughs> like that was but, it. <laughs> but I mean that. Even even after that, like he got into a fight with a DB from Michigan State in the off season in front of like a late night food spot because like the dude was talking crap to him about the Cavs because this Michigan State player is from Ohio. And Draymond like got arrested, but he was like smiling in his sh- in, in his like mug shot. Like he for he is he is Rodman. Like I I would love for him to just like roll out with like lime green hair for just one game. <laughs> Just like one game, just just com- complete the circle, and then we could all move on with our lives. But yeah, I, I, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a it's a break from like you know the the mellow and D Wade and LeBron all getting dinner after they just play a game. Like he gets back to like, I'm sure Charles Barkley loves it. You know, it gets right. back to a little <laughs> bit of the gets back to the old school basketball. Yeah, for sure. Um... I will say, like, I agree. I like his comments about, like, you know, if he wanted more triple doubles, he could get one. But this is the same guy that got really mad last year. He was a rebound away from a triple double. It was not Steve Kerr didn't run back in a game. Let, let's let's not forget about that here. Hey, he's a reformed man. All right, <laughs> give the guy a second chance. He comes back. He <laughs> learns his lesson. You, you, you know, it, that's good. Yeah, you get that's your penis good. And he's throwing shade while growing as a human it. being. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get your penis on the internet and everything changes, right? That's right. That's all it takes. One dick pic, you're a changed man. <laughs> so, Sean. Any politician ever. <laughs> <laughs> True that. So, Sean, follow this up, man. What do you love and what stands out to you this week in the league? Man, this has been a crazy. This has been kind of a crazy week. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. I, 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 I'm going to go with an easy one, but I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Butler's 50. 52 point performance the other night. Oh my god, he was it, unreal. What a it was, guy. <laughs> it was it was it was stupid. It was stupid. I think it I think it's it's weird because it totally I, I feel like it almost overshadowed the whole James Harden getting 55 like a week ago, having that ridiculous triple double that he had. Like everybody yeah. was just talking about Jimmy because he actually like put the team on his back and just like went with it. And like I love having Dwayne Wade on the Bulls. Me too. Like, it's, it's fun. It, it, it's it's a fun little novelty to have. But when he's out, I just love watching these games where you know Jimmy Butler becomes Tracy McGrady and can just throw up anything. Yeah. I just I love those games. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is doing the same kind of stuff out in Milwaukee. And I love both of those players. They're probably my two favorite players right now. It's so funny you say that because I was actually watching the NBA countdown before we came on air tonight, and 
Jalen Rose compared Jimmy Butler to Tracy McGrady on that. Like, he is learning to score from anywhere on the court. Really? When he came in the league, he was just an athletic slasher. And so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's a good point. Like, now you say that, that kind of makes me laugh and go full circle. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Um, like, I think we've talked many times as diehard Bull fans. Dom, I talked about this in your podcast. Um, I don't love the way this team is put together. Uh, but I do love watching Jimmy Butler. He's yeah. he's just he's so much fun, and I love seeing him like really just straight up take the alpha role mm-hmm. on that team. Like you know, we talked about it too. Like it, I think that Jimmy was on Bill Simmons' podcast like before, like before the Olympics, like like you know into last year, and he was talking about how like there's a player in the league that he has like a little bit of competition with. And he wouldn't say who it was, but like everybody thought that it was D Wade because it's like, all right, so you got this dude. Um, they both went to Marquette. They're both like, you know, play. They both like to be those those dudes. And it's like, what would it be like if they're on the team? Well, it's obviously working, you know, at least with those two. It's not like that's not working, right? Um, but uh, you know, the thing that I love about that stat, like what he did, um, is that he's the Jimmy Butler's the first person. In United Center history, so it opened in '94, and there's you know been a few good people that have played there. Mm-hmm. Um, first time that anybody has ever had uh, 45 or more points, 10 or more rebounds, and five or more assists in a game in the history of that building. So you're talking like all of the different stats and everything that that Jordan put up. Like Butler did something that's never been done there, and that's just like a really good sign for Bulls fans of what you can look forward to. Like th- he has such a high ceiling. Uh, of what he can actually do. And if you get some of those other things figured out and some of those other pieces around him, like he has the chance to, you know, Tracy McGrady's, he should go into the hall of fame this year. Right. And so you're talking about like somebody like that. If, if he can like unlock that mode, it's, it's, it's curtains for, for the East after LeBron leaves, Le, Le, you know, LeBron's finally done, which, you know, is going to be in like 40 years, but <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> I think when, you're right there. His, when his cyborg body turns off, Jimmy Butler can really just be the alpha in the entire Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think you know it is fun to watch. I just, for love of God, I hope he gets players around him. Like just, just you know, not wait. I like Wade being there, and we all know I love Jerry and Grant because let's be honest, I'm a Notre Dame guy. Um, but other than that, like if you took like the other eleven guys and put them like and got other guys to replace them, I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, but to follow you guys up with my who I'm loving, I could have gone so many angles here. First off, I'll kind of say my mini love goes to the San Antonio Spurs and the Indiana Pacers for totally dogging on Mariah Carey this weekend. Props. You guys did an awesome job with that, especially the Spurs getting their mascot, who I was pretty much just Wiley Coyote uh, to uh, pretend lip sync emotions by Mariah Carey. I love you guys for that. But for staying on the court, guys, I got to go Isaiah Thomas, and I got to go to last week. He had a 52-point game, very Jesus. similar to Butler, but he had 29 in the fourth quarter. Now, Dom, I've kind of referenced, I know I've referenced three times now when I've been on Ride the Pine, but I had such a good time there, so I can't help myself. Um, if you remember, I talked on that show where I didn't think the difference between Kyrie Irving and Kyle Lowry was that much. Now, I'm starting to think the difference between Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry, and Isaiah Thomas isn't that much. That's, he's, I love Isaiah Thomas. I, I just he's he's such a fun player and in I can totally see that uh I, I I can I can see what you're talking about there and yeah so I mean he had a hell I mean Sean's been high on Isaiah probably since you know he got traded from Phoenix um no sac- Sacramento man <laughs> yeah so 
Sean, I, Sean... Thought he I, should, I, I thought he should have been getting playing time there. So I, he's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see him on a team where he's appreciated. Me too. And I think that, um, you know, we all had high hope, high expectations of this Boston team when they brought Horford in. And we're kind of like, see, they're not necessarily there because Toronto is a distant second best team in the East, obviously. But Boston is climbing in that area. And you look at these East point guards where you can talk about the East and the joke that it is, and you're 100% right. But these East point guards of Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Isaiah Thomas, even Kemba Walker, you know, those guys are all playing ball. And those guys are all doing good, big things for their team. And, I mean, without those guys, I don't know exactly what you're getting from those, uh, from those East teams are getting in general. So, I like Isaiah. I hope he gets uh, that all-star nod that he deserves this year. But with all good things, we got to talk some bad things. So, Dom, anything you're not liking this week in the league that really stands out to you? I mean, you know, one thing that actually sticks to my mind is, so for my day job, I work for a, uh, a like a social media agency. Mm-hmm. And one of my, uh, I have a client that's down in like the New Orleans area. So I have been finding myself watching a lot of Pelicans basketball. Sure. Um, good or bad, you know, either way you can look at it. But um, I, I, I really like this team when things are clicking. I think that, you know, they, they could do a lot of great stuff. And they were up 12 points in the third quarter, like waning minutes of the third quarter uh, against uh, against Cleveland. And they blew that and ended up losing by like eight points or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just it's bad optics, not a good look when when you have when you have an opportunity like that of not taking advantage of it. And and you want to talk about like building a team around somebody like the the unicorn that is Anthony Davis. Right. Like, I really hope that soon, like something gets figured out so that he has some other pieces that are actually going to work um, because. Yeah, like he's just way too good of a talent, and and the hustle that he has um, to 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 be on a on a sub to be you know to be on a sub five hundred team. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that some of the guys they picked up have helped him a little bit. Like Terrence Jones has been good there. Um, obviously, getting Holiday back has been huge for that team because I think they were like they had two wins before he got there. They've been five hundred yeah. since he's been back. Um, they just signed Monte Yunus, so Monte Yunus is going to be a Pelican for the rest of the year. That's not enough. No, you know, it's not. You know, and I, I, he's such a talent. Like, Anthony Davis is such a great talent. Um, you know, if he wants to come play at home, we're cool with that, obviously. No, no issues there. <laughs> do, do, do you think at some point, though, they look at the coaching situation there? I mean, I, yes and no. Like, like I, I, see, I see a lot of that, like, sort of, like, coming through. And, you know, sometimes... You know, they have been, you know, I've, I've noticed that they've, like, I see that coming out of New Orleans. And, like, when people are talking about it and reporters are starting to talk about it, it's it's one of those things, though, is the is the front office actually going to pull that trigger, knowing that they've, you know, what they're actually working with? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, they 100% need to look at and probably should just do, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right there for sure. So, Sean, man, keep it going. What's uh, what's what's bugging you and sticking out at you in the league right now? The New York Knicks. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> the other big three. <laughs> the other super team. The other super team. <laughs> They've lost five in a row. Porzingis has missed two straight. Uh, looks like he's going to miss a third game. Uh, that team is <laughs> – I mean, it's it's kind of the same – strange mess that 
Chicago's in right now. They yeah. have some good players, but I don't know if they all work together. No. You know? They and don't. the front office is weird. You got the greatest coach of all time, you know, trying to rain down his old-timey efforts, you know, with this, this squad of, you know, former stars and one amazing international star stud who who you know probably doesn't get enough credit for what he does because he's in new york but yeah um uh noah has been awful this season yeah um there's rumors that they're they're gonna go after pj tucker though i don't know how that helps them at all because he's he's kind of a three so i don't I don't really know where they're going with that. I don't I mean, that, That's something that popped up a few days ago. Um, but they're terrible. Um, I, <laughs> I'm not a Knicks guy. I never yeah. will be. But but they're they're a mess. You're right. And um, I will say that I've actually liked how Derek's played there. Um, don't get me wrong. When Kendall goes on our show a couple weeks ago and he said he does not fit in that triangle offense, I agree. But uh, I do like, you know, we've seen some of the old explosive Rose. Obviously not MVP Derrick Rose. That will never happen ever again. But uh, it's been nope. nice to see him play at a good level again. Like, I don't think he's going to go and make the All-Star game. I don't think he's a top five point guard, let alone the Eastern Conference. But actually, ooh, I'd have to think about that one. No, he's not. No, no, he's not. I'm counting Giannis as a point guard. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I agree, man. And so... Um, you know who helps the Knicks? And we talked about this also. Kylo Quinn helps the Knicks. But you know what he's doing? He's riding the bench. What's he? Riding the pine. Yeah. Riding the pine. <laughs> that was a plug. Be sure to check out there Riding the Pine on yeah, plug time. Total, total, total drink. plug. Every, every time Shameless. every time we say Riding the Pine, we drink. <laughs> Shameless plugs right there. All right, so I guess I'll wrap this up by who I'm not loving, and I will stick with Sean loving Jimmy Butler like we do very much. I am not loving. Color me shocked here, guys. I'm not loving Rajon Rondo. What? Really? What? No way. Huh? Who's that guy? Tell me about him. So, yeah, please talk about him. If we remember, on Friday night on ESPN a couple weeks ago, the, you know, the start of December, um, things looked to be going awfully well for our beloved Chicago Bulls, Sean. And... Rajon Rondo, against the defending NBA champion Cleveland Cavaliers, had a triple-double. He hit two three-point field goals in that game. And I went, okay, this isn't going to happen all the time. This isn't a drill. But this is fun. I'm enjoying this. You know, he brought back the headband. He broke the headband rule for the Bulls franchise. Bobby Portis joined in on the fun. But since then, um, he's been what we call poop. Um, He has not been good. He's got... (laughs) He was benched after a minus 20 performance and a half against the Pacers last Friday. And Fred Hoiberg has completely pulled him out of the Chicago Bulls rotation, choosing to go with Michael Carter-Williams as his starting point guard. Now, Dom, I don't know if you remember the name Michael Carter-Williams, but he went to Syracuse for a little bit. He was the rookie of the year. You know, he had like a spurt there where he was a decent basketball player. He shoots 22% from the field lately. Um, But he's starting starting in the NBA now. Like, I don't know if that's a crazy thing. So... Um, hey, this is Trump's America. Anything's possible. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So, um, and now Rondo has said that when he met with the team in the summer, by the not to mention, this was their front office priority was to sign Rajon Rondo because who was the offensive priority isn't Rajon Rondo after you trade Derrick Rose. God, how did you get less athletic with a guy that doesn't have two legs anymore? 
That's crazy. No, remember the bull, the bulls are focusing on youth. That's why they picked Dwayne Wade. Rayshon Rondo. Yes, they're, fo- was, they're focusing was, on youth. <laughs> that was one of the most bizarre. I was walking down. Uh, I was walking down with my fiance down down by the Ohio River down in downtown Cincinnati, and I got the uh, the text that they had signed Rajon Rondo, and I was just like baffled. <laughs> no. I was like, really? Like. Really? Because, uh, you know, I don't know. The, the Bulls had such a rivalry with the Celtics for a while. Yeah. And, like, ha- hashtag fuck Rondo was, like, a big one. Right. You know, with Bulls fans. So, like, I just I, I, I just didn't understand the logic in it. And he's had such bad run-ins over the years. Uh, you know, he got sent home by the Mavericks. and In the playoffs that at that. Se- in I the remember playoffs, watching that. Yeah. I remember watching that playoff game, and I was just like, Wow, I'm actually watching somebody just like, Get like fired. I watch detail where somebody's just like, nah, I'm not gonna help him. But like I've never seen it on a professional basketball. <laughs> like that's, oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah, so it's it hasn't worked, and now he's saying that if he's gonna stay out of the rotation, he wants to be traded. But for the love of God. What NBA team is thinking like, man, we really need a backup point guard. We need to get someone that can help our young point guard get going. Let's get Rajon Rondo because he's a good influence. I'll tell you who's thinking Tim, that. Some team in Beijing. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, doesn't like Marbury own a team over in China right now? I like I so. feel like he should just go and play there. Yeah, I think you're <laughs> he'll right. Sell, he'll sell a literal million pair of shoes and he'll be good to go. Yeah, you're right, dude. That's That's basically how that goes. So... That'll wrap up our first edi- our, our first edition of the year of love it, love and hate. Um, so you know we're going to take a lot of advantage here of having Dom here on the show because Dom is really good at this podcasting biz. Uh, one of my favorite guys that works in this biz with us, um, and also you are a guy of the Pacific area. And there used to be this really good basketball team in that area, specifically Seattle, Washington, where you are residents. Um, they had Gary Payton, they had Sean yeah. Camp. They had Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Like, they did sure some did. cool things, you know. And they were a team that a lot of people loved, and they took on this, the infamous 1996 Chicago Bulls and took them six games. But they're not there anymore because, you know, they trusted some terrible owner who, God, that's the one reason I'll never root for the Thunder is their owner, Clay Bennett. I don't like him. I've talked about no. this many times. And they just flat out took them there. So, you know, let me ask you this, man. Uh, as, a, as a resident of that area... You know, the Seahawks are amazing. You know, they're they're winning all the time. You just had the Sounders win the MLS championship. Um, yep. The Mariners, you know, signed Robinson Cano. And they exactly haven't clicked yet, but it looks like it's going to happen eventually with what the pieces are putting together. And the Seattle Storm. The Huskies. And, right. You got the, the Huskies. Head. UW. Yeah, UW. Uh, Markel Fultz right now, potential number one pick in the draft. The football team goes to the playoff. And the Seattle Storm have been a successful WNBA franchise. So... With all that being said, and all those good things happening there, man, something's missing, and that is the Sonics. And Kendall Gill is on our show, like I mentioned. He said it has to happen. Like, it has to come back. Playing in Seattle is great. The fans were outstanding. There are still fan blogs out there on sites like Fansite and places like that about the Seattle Sonics. Like, that's what that team means. So for you, being a resident, I know you're a Warriors fan. Like, what does the the Sonics mean to you? Like, what would it mean for the Sonics to be back, back in the NBA and be in Seattle? Oh, it would be huge, man. Um, like there's, 
I mean, you just listed all of the amazing things that happen sports wise uh, here in this in in the city. Um, and, you know, there's a very large um, there's a very large contingent of people not only that want an NBA team, but they want uh, a, an arena that can be shared, um, you know, much like, you know, the Garden, the United States, like they want to have a hockey team, too. Sure. And um, I, I it's you know, I'm obviously not on this podcast to talk about hockey, but the fact that Las Vegas just got an expansion expansion team um, for the NHL is actually probably one of the best things that could have happened uh, to that could have happened to Seattle. Um, because when you have, you know, we have Chris Hansen, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Hansen uh, wanted to, has said that he would spend his own money, which as you know, is always a big issue when it comes to sport you know, uh, arenas of, you know, the burden that gets put on the taxpayer. He's like, Hey, I'll go ahead and pay for it. Um, the issue and the mayor, um, actually recently within like the last month actually spoke to the local NPR station, KUOW, um, and said that, um, he's willing to work with somebody who could bring a team. Chris Hansen isn't actually going to be the guy that's going to bring the team. Um, you know, it's, there was a big vote that just happened for an arena in May um, where the city, um, you know, was actually the city council was voting on selling some property just south of where the mayor, just kind of south of Safeco where the Mariners play, which mm-hmm. is also just south of CenturyLink where the Sounders and the Seahawks play. It'll be a great little area in there. There's a ton of space. But because the NBA hasn't necessarily said, hey, we want to expand and there's not like a team for sure that's like, yeah, we're going to go to Seattle. Um you know, it, it, it's sort of just like in the works, but it's not necessarily like a done deal. Um, the city wants it to happen. Uh, people on the city council that voted against it being sold want it to happen. Um, it would bring just a ton of money. Uh, but then you also have like a bunch of people here where Key Arena is, which is where the, the um, Sonics used to play, which is where the Storm play now. It's right downtown, like it's basically in the shadow of the Space Needle. Um, that's a type of thing that you know the taxpayers are still um, going to pay for. Um, you know, it's it, while Kirina was kind of paid off by the settlement when they took the team away. Like you're going to have to expand it. It's going to have to get better. It, it would be like throwing. You know, you're not going to throw a brand new team. The league doesn't want to throw a brand new team into an old arena. Um, that's why, you know, when you look at football and the way that things went when they're, you know, everything down in Los Angeles, like they could have brought a team to LA 10, 15 years ago, but they didn't want to do it because they didn't have an arena that was built. Um, so I feel like the league is going to sort of like dangle the city of Seattle out there, um, as like, uh, here's a place that places a team could possibly go, um, because the city wants, uh, the Sonics back, um, you know, is like a, a tool to get, you know, stadiums passed and built in other cities. But if there's like, if they seriously want to expand and they say it, um, I think that there would be no problem to find money. There would be no problem in a vote passing here in the city to be able to bring that team in. So. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I mentioned Clay Bennett and I think what bugs me the most about the whole thing. And if you've seen the documentary Sonic Gate, like it, it tells the story perfectly well. And I don't mind, you know, hell, I, Brian Kelly is the coach of my favorite college football team. I don't mind people that 
say things and go kind of like, you know, hey, I'm not doing this, but they know they because they're protecting themselves. Like, sure, I get that. It's What bugs me the most about the Clay Bennett deal is when he put the authorization in, they, 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 they detail this pretty well, that if Seattle does in fact an NBA team, it is up to him, as in Clay Bennett, the owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder, if they will be able to, like, relive the historic Sonics franchise. If they want to be green and yellow again, it's up to him. If they want to hang Gary Payton's jersey in the Raptors, that is up to Clay Bennett if they want to be able to honor that franchise. And to me, that pisses me off because, you know, I've mentioned those guys, but this goes back before that. Like, that team that won the NBA championship, you know, Lenny Wilkins' years in Seattle. Like, those those are gone. Like, those are basically gone now. And, like, that's what frustrates me about it. And, you know, it's not like... You know, it's not like you're getting rid of the Pelicans who are just gone, you know. They're, they're the franchise that's moved before. But, like, this is a very important NBA franchise in league history. I agree completely. And, and you know, like the, you know, one, one site that I go to um, that's actually really good at just, like, keeping up with, like, diff, just different, like, news about Sonic stuff. You are talking about fan sites, like, you know, right for SB Nation with the only colors, you have Sonics Rising, mm-hmm. which is a great, a, a great, yeah, very know, good, great one. But it, you know, like people just are, people are so upset and and still mad, you know, with everything that happened. Um, obviously, mad at Bennett. Um, it was, <laughs> it was really weird after like Aubrey McClendon, what you know was, you know, died in a car accident last, you know, last March like what people's like, you know, cause he was one of the co-owners that helped bring, you know, take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was, it was really interesting, like hearing some of, some of the takes on that and what people thought, like, I, I, I have to believe that, you know, Bennett still, while yeah, he moved it and, and, and everything like that, that, um, if something was to actually, like if a team was to be here, I, like I really wonder if he would stop that from being the Sonics, you know, like, I think I, I agree with you. I think that it's shit that he would be the one that would be able to have the final say. I think that that's really dumb. Um, but yeah. I think that it would be something that, you know, he would have to, I don't know. Do you think like, what? like, I mean, we're all decent people. Like sure. we wouldn't want an entire city to hate us. No. But, like, I, I just really wonder what would like, what would stop him from actually wanting that to happen? Or, you know, I I think that would be a way for him to at least pay penance, you know, to not block something like that. Do you think that he would be, you know, jerky enough not to let that happen? I I don't know. Like, to me, the thought of not letting that happen would just be, is so villainous, you know? Like, Like, it's such a, it's such a heel move. That you can't even say heel yeah. because heel like is like oh like you're kind of just playing into it like that's just being a straight up dick to an entire city to an entire like like generations upon generations of people that would go to these games that would watch this that own those jerseys it's just it's it's insane and it's it, it's it's crazy to think of what yeah I I mean I hope he doesn't like that's the thing and and I do think I and I will like I'll go on 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 the record and say that I do think that within the next decade there will be a basketball team back in back in Seattle. I, I think there will so. be a basketball team, I, I think there will so. be a hockey team. I think that the like the glint that goes in people's eyes when they think about being able to get into Seattle because Seattle has shown like the like just the 
the the passion, the heat, the fervor that you get behind games in this city is wild, especially for these teams, right? And so the ability to really to not only bring a team but bring a really good one, one that has the ability to like put Seattle as one of those like championship towns. Sure. Like this city is hungry for that and they want something more. And so I think that it'll happen. I just um I, I don't know exactly exactly what it what it would be because you know Chris Hansen you know he he doesn't want to own an NHL team, right? Mm-hmm. So I really wonder if it's going to be somebody that's going to end up owning multiple teams um that would you know uh that would end up you know bringing some of that to you know if it's somebody that owns multiple teams and then it's like all right so the nhl and the nba they can both get behind it it would happen in like you know in a two-year span or a three-year span you'd get both in there'd be a stadium for them both to be in you know it would be that's something that i could see that i could see happening it's just who's actually going to be that because the city council is ready to do it. The mayor is ready to do it. They're just like that. You know, the mayor was, was, was quoted saying that, you know, um, you know, the, the council isn't going to, isn't going to, uh, to wish upon something. I think he called it like, like fairy dreams or something (laughs) saying that, you know, like they're not going to vote as like, uh, yeah, give somebody a bunch of land to be able to build. And then maybe the NBA will follow suit. You know, it, it like there's a certain order of things that need to happen here, and I, I think it will. I really do. The city, the city wants it. They're hungry for it, man. Like, there's no. There, there was people like literally distraught when that vote came in, and the city council said no <laughs> to that because they wanted it so bad. And you know, there's obviously a lot of story behind that. Of like, you know, obviously the NBA didn't say yes, but it's it's a. Like people really want it, and I and I think it'll I think it'll come, and I think it'll come within you know within the next decade. Yeah, I hope so. Me let's too. Get, let's get rid of the Pelicans. Let's just get rid of them. Bring them Man, that, team, that team's just been Nobody moved around so team. much. Let's get yeah, rid. He, wait, before we get cares? rid of them, before we get rid of yeah. them, let's have the commissioner like block a trade, just like <laughs> one more time, <laughs> just for old times' sake, for, for basketball reasons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So if we're going to have you on here, we're going to talk hoops, man. And, like, thank you for all that insight and for, you know, the Seattle perspective. I'm going to ask for another yeah. perspective because you are, in fact, as we mentioned, you're a fan of the dubs. You grew yes, up liking the dubs. You are living in the moment here, the dubs. So we did team previews as much as we could, like, as many teams as we could this offseason. The dubs and Cavaliers, of course, the two best teams in the league, were two teams we couldn't get. It just couldn't get it to play in the cards. So we're going to ask you to walk us through this summer and – that does include, unfortunately, blowing the lead and Cleveland winning. So I just want you to kind of walk through this with, uh, kind of explain this to us as a as a diehard Warriors fan. What this summer was? Let's go, like, go to the finals, Game Seven. You know, shit, that sucks. That was a hell of a series. LeBron was the greatest player I've ever seen in that finals. You get Kevin Durant. You're like, oh crap, I'm losing all these bench players. Who cares? If I have Kevin Durant. What was what was this summer like? You know, from from then to opening night. What was that like for Warriors fans? Oh man. So, I mean, like just the, the massive defeat that was losing, um, you know, it was just so, it, it was, it was crazy. Um, you know, and obviously on the, on a smaller scale, like, you know, like I kind of felt for Thunder fans just because, you know, they, um, you know, you ruined they, their soul. They, yeah, because we ruined their three, one lead. Um, 
and then took their best player. Um, <laughs> you guys are literally like, Warriors. Were literally, like, just they were really the fun. Warriors are just dicks, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> Basically, yeah. We're just like, yo, that team, that team that used to be up in Seattle. We just want to get back at them. Like, you know, fuck the Thunder. Um, no, so uh, I was actually. I remember I was. I was. Uh, I spent Fourth of July at like a cabin um, with just like a bunch of friends, uh, including. Uh, my co-host Tyler and his girlfriend, and uh, we were. <laughs> I remember waking up, and I looked at my phone, and I and I saw the article from Kevin Durant, uh, in the Players Tribune, and I was like, I, I'd, I'd shot out of bed. I was like, holy shit! And like my girlfriend was like, is everything okay? Like think like because I was like, and I like ran downstairs. I like ran into Tyler's room. Where he like I didn't know what state he was in. I was just like, dude, Durant, Durant came, and then I realized I was like, oh shit, that means that he's going to be, that means that he's going to be, like we're going to lose basically everybody. I was like, we could just say goodbye <laughs> to this person, we can say about this person, um, and so I mean the entire summer was like trying to stay. The the thought of having walking out on the court, uh. Curry, Thompson, Green, and Durant at the same time just made me so excited that I didn't care that we lost Harrison Barnes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, he's going to be gone, cool, like, good for you. And then he signs, like, the contract, you know, in the most Mark Cuban way with, like, the handcuffs, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, good for you, guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really wish you would have shown up in Game 7. That would have been cool. Um, but, you know, like, having all of that made me very excited. Um you know, the departure that I think that I was the most worried about was probably losing Luke Walton just because I felt like, you know, anytime you can have like two, like two head coach <laughs> caliber coaches on the bench, like that's a good thing. And, you know, I don't think he would have been able to do it for another year, even if he didn't get a gig somewhere somehow, um, you know, so it, it was it was good. But, you know, it was basically like a the question that I had is. You know, and, and, and it's the same thing that other, you know, people on other teams said, right? They're like, well, there's only one ball, you know? Like, so that's what I was probably the most worried about was how is this actually going to, how is this actually going to affect the chemistry of the team? Because anytime you go on a run like they did, they were a lot of fun to watch. There wasn't any issues. There wasn't any egos. Everybody had their thing. Um, you know, what is this actually going to do? And, you know, it it was a little bit of a, a a little bit of a rocky start, you know? It's not like they looked bad. I mean, they did opening night against the Spurs. They looked pretty horrible. But, you know, it, they finally have sort of, like, found their rhythm and found how things are going to work. And it seems like they're all really clicking. And, you know, Zaza's getting some jerseys sold. Like, you know, it's it, it ended up working itself out. And, you know, now they're, you know, sitting... At the top of the West, they've you know they've got the the nice lead um, you know over the top of San Antonio two games and you know the the best record in the league again. So you know things are things are really starting to to roll along and you know the I say a rocky start but they st- you know they're still thirty and five right now. Right. Um, you know it's Which is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it, you look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh, they've won nine out of their last ten. Like that's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it, it it's that that's a a really great thing great thing to see. And 
I think that the thing that has excited me the most is that I'm not paying attention to that win-loss column as much mm-hmm. and just sort of seeing what kind of minutes they're getting, what they actually have the ability to do. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, as as a Dubs fan and other Dubs fans, like it's a lot of fun to watch. And they when they you know they can play some pretty good teams, and you know Denver's Denver's you know obviously not a great team, but they're not a horrible team. No, but you know the Warriors were down. They were down. I think like three. I think it was they were down by three or four against the against the Nuggets like um, right at the end of the third quarter, and then they just like put their foot on the gas just enough, got up by like ten points, and they hovered around that up by eight, up by twelve for the rest of the game. Like, it wasn't really close at that point. And the fact that they have that gear that they can just sort of, like, idle in that one that's just a little bit better is obviously going to be able to get them, you know, take them into the playoffs. Unless San Antonio goes on, like, some sort of a, like, a tear, you know, they'll be the number one seed again. And then, really, it just comes down to how are things going to work throughout the playoffs. Um, I don't think that we're going to run into the whole Draymond having too many texts or flagrants that, you know, he's playing in a different style of ball and worried about losing him for a game. Like, I don't see that happening again. Um, you never know, man. <laughs> I know you never know with him. He's a firecracker, and that's why I love him, damn it. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what I tell my mom. He's just so nice to me, though. Um, <laughs> no, he's uh, – it, it's, it's one of those types of situations that I just think that um, – you know, I think that there's there's a little bit more of a maturity to this team. Um, you know, with having Steph and KD, you know, both having MVPs, you know, neither one of them are really in the conversation right now. Um, I mean, they're in the conversation, but, you know, with the fact that they're just playing really good team basketball and on any night you can have, you know, Clay, you know, go for 60 in three quarters you know, you can have Draymond put up a triple double. You can have KD be one of the best rim defenders in the entire in the entire league at the same time. It's just it's a team that um, if they keep their head on straight, like I don't see a reason why they're not facing Cleveland again. Mm-hmm. And I see a hunger that they're playing with that is like that really is a title or bust. This isn't about chasing stats. This isn't about chasing the most wins in history. This is about making up for the fact that you had the most wins in the regular season and you blew a 3-1 lead. So now let's not do that again. And, right. like, that's something that that is just... I mean, frankly, it's just scary if you're any other team in the rest of the league, right? Like, Right. Dom, what, we talk about this a little bit, especially I do, on this yeah. podcast about how, you know... The Warriors don't really have a, you know, a great center right now. Yeah. What could they do to rectify that with, you know, salary cap and everything? Could they make a trade, you think? Or, I mean, this is something that I ponder about. All the, what, what would make this team a little bit better? Because Cleveland, I feel, is just as hungry. I don't know how hungry they're going to be in the playoffs. I know the Warriors are playing, you know... Like they have a chip on their shoulder right now, but I, I was so positive they were going to win the finals last year. I would have bet, you know, money on it. I mean, it was. I did. I bet a lot of money on it. I lost a lot of money. Did you really? I mean, I mean, it was. 
I mean, seriously, I went. I went to. No, I, I don't like the Cavs. I I respect LeBron as the best player in basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I hate the Cavs. I hate LeBron. Um, never been a fan. Um, I'm a hater. I know. I mean, I, I I'm probably gonna like him a lot more when he retires. Um, but I wanted the Warriors to win so bad, and they I to see somebody you know I being a Bulls fan seeing that record get broken the 72 and 10 record like I I feel like I've been kind of a guardian of that legacy for so long and I I, I was really upset about that so you know I was like they had to win the title and I I don't know it was just it was so disappointing to see them lose and you know the whole the whole Draymond getting suspended that that one game totally changed the entire series and I don't know I just I don't want to see that happen again what what do they do this year differently to get past the Cavs yeah um I mean it's <sighs> it, it I, I think that what they have in their starting four is you know is I mean making trades huh, like to get that big man right to get somebody in there yeah. if you want to have that like big starting five like I I feel like the way that it is with cap what they actually have um, they probably I mean they're probably in the best spot like the the upgrade that they got when you bring in KD and what you lost with Barnes you know the, the minutes that are getting split between, like, uh, you know, when you have a, a, a Verjao, a McGee, and a Zaza, like, I think that's, I mean, that's doable, right? The upgrade you that you got they, in they, other they, places is even better think, than that. You think now, that three-headed monster can, can, can kind of compensate for the loss of Bogut and... Mahini yeah, I mean, I mean, Bogut's Bogut's such a fantastic freaking player, and you know, like when I was watching when I was watching the Olympics, and and I just saw him out there playing, I was like, damn man, like that dude was really good, right? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. really was. I, I think that I think that having like a you know having a uh, a Damian Jones uh, start to be able to you know like you know actually be able to maybe come come in and you know when he actually starts getting some real minutes. Um, I, I think that next year, uh, and, and this is looking forward to next year, you know, I saw somebody out there that tweeted, they said, I can't wait for Brooke Lopez to sign to the <laughs> league minimum for Golden State next year. Like, no. Like, <laughs> like, you know, see, so, no. like, that would be great. That would definitely help the team. But no, I, I think that, um, I, I I honestly, and, and I've, I've gone through this, you know, like you do like the whole like trade generator and and try to see like who would say no to a trade and all that kind of stuff like what they have right now is is what I think is probably the best for them like the the basketball that they're playing right now is really good and the fact that you can in any sort of a in any sort of a, a you know if you want to keep those four out there and then you put Iguodala out there and then you rotate you know Draymond can def- can guard any position on the floor and then at the same yeah. time you have Durant being able to guard any position on the floor like you're not going to be able to keep those guys out there or t- together all the time but unless there's some sort of an issue with foul trouble like in the playoffs against the Cavs 
you could literally have one of those two out there at all times. And mm-hmm. that's not something that you had last year. That's not something, I mean, that's not, that, that's not a luxury that most teams have, period. Like when you look at the defensive abilities of those two players. So uh, I, I think that while there is a glaring hole, while you have that three-headed monster that's out there, um, you know, and, and it's just not as good as, you know, what you would have in, in that, you know, in that five spot, any, uh, you know, any other team in the league. Um, especially when you get to, you know, when you get to the Western Conference Finals, when you get to the, to, you know, to the NBA Finals, I think that that's probably the best, the best thing that they're going to have. Yeah, I agree on okay. that. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, for sure. So, a few things we would touch on before we wrap up here. Just a few more topics of discussion. So, inside the West, and they, they did this on the vertical on the uh, vert, on the Ringers NBA show this week, and I thought it was a, like a pretty cool discussion. So, in the West, one through seven is pretty much set in stone. Um, eight is really interesting because Portland's got a case. Sacramento, yes, those Sacramento Kings have a case right now. And uh, there's a lot of teams right there that are kind of going through um, that, that little situation there. Um, who would you say, Dom, is the team in the eight seed that really it's most interesting to you that might have a shot at that eight seed from those Western teams? I mean. You know, Portland's ceiling is high, right? Like yeah. Portland has has the ability. Uh, Portland has the ability to to get there. Um, and, and I think that, you know, for them, I would love to see. I just want to see Boogie play some. Um, I just want to see Boogie play some uh, some playoff minutes. You know, like I would love to see wow. see him actually go off. I, I don't think that they'll right? get in there, but seeing him play in the playoffs would be fantastic. Yeah, it will be in Washington. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I do too. I'm with you, man. So, um, one last time before we get to our game of the week, last one here. Um, when I was on Ride the Pine, I predicted Russ, like everyone else, um, to go ahead and go to win that MVP. James Harden is making quite the case. Sean, you mentioned it, man. So, and I believe Sean, you picked you picked Lillard to win MVP when we did our predictions, and Lillard's- I did. He's having a hell of a year still. Um, so yeah. we just started there, man. Right now, if you had to put on paper between, I understand Russ is averaging a triple double. He's having a freaking incredible year, and literally, as the conversation said, he was doing what he wants. But James Harden might not be putting up a triple double, but he's so efficient. Oh my god, he's so efficient. And that Houston team is very good, as we've seen so far, Sean. But between those two, because that's the two right now. That is the race. Who yeah. would you have right now leading that race, in your opinion? Well, the Rockets have a better record. They do. Um, but and, that's not fair because, you know, like, I, I get where I, you're coming from. I know, I know. But but here's here's where I'm coming from. I think the Thunder have a better roster than the Rockets. The Rockets have a bunch of mishmashy pieces that have somehow worked. I don't understand it, but they worked in this Dan Tony system. And I don't know. Like I, I, I fully expected the Thunder to be a little bit better this year, honestly, even without Durant there. Like I mean and don't get me wrong, they're still decent and and Russell Westbrook has been absolutely incredible. But like if I was gonna choose today, I I'd probably give it to James Harden just because of how well that team has been doing. 
So, but I don't know. I don't know. He's not. He has he has impressive nights. Russ has impressive nights. It's definitely between those two. But if I was gonna pick today, I would go with James Harden just because of the record. And I just I think he's really kind of carrying that team. What do you think, Dom? I mean, this is Russ's to lose. Like, I understand that we want to try yeah. to say, like, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, what if you look at the roster and all of that kind of stuff? The the fact that these awards like are so much based on stats, though, like mm-hmm. they really kind of are, and and that's what people pull. That's where the stories come from. The dude's averaging a triple double through like 35 true. games, right? It's true. Like that's just that's insane. And he and he's just having that kind of like a career. Like, on his career, he's averaging 22, 7.8, and 5.9. And this year, he's averaging almost 31 points, 10.5 assists, and 10.5 rebounds. Like, he's almost doubled the amount of rebounds that that he's pulling in. Now, and the fact that if that team, if they make it to the playoffs, right? I know it's not one of those things, but if Oklahoma City's right there in, like, the, you know, the 5, 6, 7 range, um, when it comes towards the end of the season... And he's still averaging a triple double. It would blow Definitely. my mind if he didn't win that award. Oh yeah, but what 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 seed do you think he has to get to actually get it? Because I I don't think if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think he gets it. I agree. I mean, but he was close, he and wasn't he cl- wasn't he close in voting when they didn't make the playoffs? Like the what was it was it two he years was, ago? He was yeah. That, like was that the uh, yeah yeah that was Steph yeah, that, first. That's the year that he went. He went just like crazy after Durant went down, and you know he basically almost you know single handedly willed that team to the playoffs. But I mean, uh, playoffs aside, like if he averages a triple double, and they don't give it to him, like I it, that just yeah yeah I, it's like I, you I look agree. at like wins over replacement and stuff like that like he he would be the reason for like 70 80 percent of their wins just in general yeah like completely. you take you take him off of that team and they fall apart like that team is is That's a it. bottom feat so yep you're right you're right i'm back and forth um i still think russ will win it but right now what stands out to me and kind of go a little advanced statistics there is player efficiency rating and that is where Harden kind of has Russ beat um I don't think head-to-head matters in the NBA much like if Tom Brady's going against like Derek Carr for the NFL MVP obviously but because Brady's the greatest but um yeah Tommy touchdown yeah um I think that that's where Harden has the advantage now I love this Rockets team man because like you know Sean you've made the point they are a team that shouldn't work that works, and Dan Tony has found some magic dust from his Phoenix days that, like, he can get sprinkled in there and, like, make things happen. And you're like, oh, man, this is cool. This is fun. And Patrick Beverly has been awesome for that team. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Um, Eric Gordon has had a resurgence as their sixth man. Like, I think he's made – I think he's made 30 less threes than the Bulls have taken as a team, if that tells you the difference between Eric Gordon and the NBA right now. And they shoot threes – 42% of the time on offense. Like, that's absurd and awesome, and I love it. But, yeah, um, Russ will win it. I honestly still think. And I think Harden is going to make a run till game 82 for it. And I know it's a regular season award, but I uh, I think right now, like I said, I'm with, I'm with you. I think it's Russ's to win. But if they give it to James Harden, I am not surprised at all because he has been incredible. And there's, there's they both, both had great seasons. Yeah, I agree. 
And there's still that guy in Cleveland, which is like, I can't believe he's not even in the conversation right now. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is crazy. Like, yeah. He's having a hell of a year, too. Well, he's always having a hell of a year. And he's, he's the guy that gives your team the chance to win every night, no matter who's on the floor with him, too. I guess that really yeah. makes you an MVP, right? But that's that's a conversation we're probably going to have a, a million more times. Guys, before we wrap up, let's get to our game of the week this week. Last week, we had a Saturday night tilt between... Uh, the Clippers and the Rock, the Thunder, and it wasn't good. That New Year's Eve spectacular met Russell Westbrook had a triple double in the first half. We're gonna try to give you one better this week. Uh, we're gonna go with Don's beloved Golden State Warriors since you are a guest this week. We figure we'd be more than happy, so nice yeah, to give them the game of the week because it's not like they're good or anything, right? You know, it's not like they're yeah, thirty. They're and, there, all right. It's not like they're thirty and five or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's decent. Right, like, you know, they're you. You still, you know what? You still have to go out and play every night. You so do. nothing set in stone. And they're going to go against a team on Friday night that I love. And I enjoy watching. I am all on the David Fisdale train right now because he's doing something crazy, magically magical in Memphis with guys like Zebo coming off the bench, with Marcus Saul having a fantastic year, with Mike Conley coming back from injury and just killing it since he's been back. Um, I love this Memphis Grizzly team, Dom. Um, I think that they are fun to watch. Uh, they have beaten the Warriors already this year. Granted, that was just an off night. You know, that was the Warriors' worst night of the year. And um, let's not even, let, let's not talk about the Memphis Grizzlies without talking about like what Vince Carter's doing off the bench at 39 years old for this team. Like, this is a good Memphis team, and they're a team that's going to be, you know, they might be able to make some noise come the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I, I, Memphis, like, I love the way the Memphis plays. They're super scrappy. Like, they they have, like, a little bit of that chip on their shoulder where they're just, like, you know, like, people don't necessarily believe that we're going to win. But they're just a – they're a freaking powerhouse of a team. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I love seeing uh, – I love seeing Marcus Gasol out there, you know, being able to pull in almost, you know, 20 points a game. Um you know, and, and, you know, his defense is just, you know, really, really speaks for itself. Um, plus he has that, that Conor McGregor look, um, mm-hmm. you know, when he does a little shimmy. Uh, so it's, it, it it's going to be a, a, a really fun game. Um, it's probably going to be a lot more physical of a game, which, um, you know, definitely leans itself towards Memphis's side. Um, I think that they just have the ability like top to bottom to be a lot more physical. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm excited for it. I'm definitely going to be locked in. Like, I, I have my Friday night plan all set up, so it, it's, it's going to be a good one for sure. It is. So, Sean, man, when you look at this game, I know we do game of the week. I think we've had the Cavaliers or the Warriors on there, like most of them, maybe two of their words. I think there was one time we picked Boston versus Charlotte because of Isaiah versus Kemba. That, that was it. That was the lone non-Warriors Cavaliers one. Um, what do you think about this game? What stands out to you? You know, is it the Conley Curry matchup? Is it the Marcus All you know, seeing if Zaza can get in his way? Is it Draymond potentially kicking the, uh, Pal, uh, Marcus All in the nuts? Like, what stands out to you about this game? Yeah, I, Marcus All has been crazy good this year. He's kind of had a yeah. I, I thought he was kind of on the downswing over the last few years. He's had he's been hurt a little bit and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, watching him go up, he's it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Draymond and him just kind of go at it. 
Memphis is is a sneaky good team this year. They are a sneaky good team. Uh, so this could be a team that meets these two could meet in the playoffs. So this might be something to keep an eye on. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, guys, with that being said, I think we can wrap up this week's edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. Dom, you were awesome. We loved having you. Thank you so much for taking a night in old, beautiful Seattle, Washington to spend some time with us. Um, hey, no problem, man. I, I think that someday people are going to look back at us three together, like the fact that Durant and Harden and Westbrook were at one point all on the same team, and they're going to be like, whatever happened to that? So I, I, think, I think that's what we're looking forward to. And I'm with you, man. I, I, I feel that same way too. So before we get out of here, I'm going to give you a chance here because you have a great you have a great podcast. You have a great blog that you run. Um, you do a lot of really cool sports media work. So I'm giving you the floor here, man. Tell us where all we can find Dom Garrett and his verified Twitter account. That's it, man. You got to just look for the blue check mark. Yeah, um, I'm I, I'm on Twitter at Dom Garrett, uh, two R's, two T's. Um, I'm talking about just like basically a, a bunch of sports stuff and uh, attempting um, sometimes successfully, sometimes not to be funny on Twitter. <laughs> um, Theonlycollars.com, we're an SB Nation site covering Michigan State um, who just trounced Rutgers 93 to 65 tonight. So that was pretty nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Rutgers. You're really bad at basketball. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, the uh, riding the pine. Uh, my my buddy Tyler Romes and I. Um, you can find us at RTP underscore podcast. So riding the pine underscore podcast. Um, we uh, have been having a lot of fun with it, uh, talking uh, a lot of pro football. Um, in the next uh, upcoming two weeks, we actually have interviews with uh, Max Bretos, um, Sports Center anchor from ESPN, uh, big soccer dude. Um, and then also with Ryan Field, um, former FS1 uh, anchor. Uh, now he is the lead sports guy at WABC in New York. Probably going to talk a little bit of a uh, little bit of Knicks with him, a little bit of Giants in the playoffs. So it should be a uh, it should be a lot of fun. But yeah, we we have have a good time. Um, you know, just trying to to do our best, just like you guys. You know, we're just we're co- instead of coming to you from from the. Uh, from from the suburbs of of you know uh suburbs in in ohio you know we're coming from a very cold basement in seattle and just pretending like we we know what we're talking about so well you have a leg up on us because you guys at least have pearl jam (laughs) yes we we have pearl jam uh let's see coffee um the seattle freeze and uh yeah and they're hosting a playoff game against the lions so all of my friends from michigan are all sort of stoked to go and watch the Lions lose a playoff game against the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. So, yeah, I'm yeah. with you there. Well, hey, man, like I said, always appreciate. It. Like you said, check out the Ride the Pine podcast. They're also on iTunes. Um, they're 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 awesome. They were gracious enough to have me on a show to make me sound like I know what I'm talking about with the NBA, and I had a lot of fun there. So, on behalf of Dom, on behalf of Sean, on behalf of Alex, when he returns next week, hopefully from the flu that's going around the Cleveland Cavaliers locker room. Everyone have a good night and a good new year and uh, enjoy the games this week. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.